Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Jeremy Thomas. In this series, we are looking at the two letters to the Thessalonian church. This episode is just a taste from the full lesson. It is a standalone teaching meant as special encouragement for you today. So enjoy this short teaching. We hope you come back tomorrow for the full lesson. And that's one thing we have to understand about the Word of God. It's not subject to you. It's not subject to my, my analysis. Uh, it's true. Whether my analysis says it's true or not. And if I come to a point where I say, well, I think this is wrong in the Bible. Well, I can only say that by placing myself above the Scriptures. Okay, I have to say and have a self-asserting authority. In other words, I have to take on the authority of God himself and stand over the Scriptures. And you can't do that. I mean, the Bible is self-authenticating. It is true. Whether people like it or not, whether they believe it or not. If someone doesn't believe it, it's not a commentary on the Bible. It's a commentary on the person's heart. They are telling you who they are with respect to God. That they, And in fact, what's so interesting about the Bible is it tells us that people are at enmity with God and they don't like his authority. So <laughs> that for me is what kind of clinched for me that <laughs> many years ago, like, well, this is really true because this is explaining exactly how people are. And so the Bible is a self-authenticating authority. Okay? If it could be tested for its truth value, uh, beyond it being just a self-authenticating authority, what is it you would appeal to? I remember Ravi Zacharias, he had a tape. I listened to the tape 25 years ago. It says, seven tests for truth. I remember the tape. How do we know those tests are true? That's my question. You've just removed the truth question back one step. You've now set up seven ideas that you will test the Bible for to see if the Bible's true. The question then is, what test do I have to run to test your tests? Why are the people thinking about this? At some point, the buck has to stop. It's the whole question of, does God exist, right? Uh, well, people say, well, there's a God. Okay, well, if there's a God, who made him? So, okay, well... This other God made the God we study the Bible. So who, well, who made that God? And you just have to keep backing up. Well, who made that God? Who made that? In other words, there's no stopping that chain of logic of who created, who created, who created. You just have to keep going back one further. So, I mean, look, the whole game has to get started here. Uh, we, we look around. We see what is. Um, we have to be fools to think that all of this came out of nothing or that the universe is this uh, is self-sustaining and creates stuff. Uh, nothing does that. We don't have experiences of that. Nobody has any experiences of the universe organizing itself out of disorganization. That doesn't happen. And so you have to start somewhere. So you ask yourself, well, what would be the right place to start to explain the universe that we have now? And the only answer is the triune God of Christianity. It's not just a pure, solitary, monotheistic God like Islam, because then you've got the problem of not having multiple persons in the Trinity and you don't have love. In other words, Allah has to create in order to have an object to love. See, 
So all these little problems can be traced down, and when you get to the end of all the problems, you realize only one answer is correct, and that's the triune God of the Bible. So you've got to start somewhere. And here we're talking about the Word of God. These people recognized it for what it was, that it is the self-authenticating Word of the one true living God who created all things. And they saw that. And Paul's thanking God that they were convinced of this. Now, this last part of verse 13 I love. It says of the Word of God that it performs its work in you who believe. So it performs work in believers, right? Here's the thing. It's got to get in you to do work. (laughs) It's not just going to do it. Um, You have to, on the human side, study the Word of God. And the more the Word of God you have in you, guess what? The more work the Word of God is going to perform in you to transform you. Isn't that Romans 12? You know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, what? what? Your mind. It has to be transformed. Well, if it has to be transformed, it's not thinking rightly. So what's going to change the way you think? Well, the Word of God. It does its work in you. And so Paul is giving thanks for the work of God being performed in the Thessalonians. It was only over a you know, three-week period when he was there, uh, but it did work that quickly. Thank you for listening to this lesson from the Epistles to the Thessalonians. Jeremy has a companion book to this study available on Amazon for purchase. You can find the link in the description below. You can also find out more information on Jeremy's website, beyondthewalls-ministry.org. We thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you found this lesson useful, informative, and encouraging. Because our desire here at Beyond the Walls is for you to grow in your faith, your love of God, and therefore to have a more joyful, abiding life in Christ.